The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. is A to Z Healing Toolbox, Tips and Tools for Navigating Grief and Trauma. I am your host, Susan Hannafin McNabb, social worker, educator, and author of the five-time award-winning guidebook, A to Z Healing Toolbox, a practical guide for navigating grief and trauma with intention. Together on this podcast, we will discover 26 powerful action-based tools and resources that will counter the negative effects of grief and trauma while assisting us in increased healing of the mind, body, and spirit. In each podcast episode, we will hear from inspirational guest experts in the fields of traumatic loss and bereavement, medical practitioners, mental health therapists, best-selling authors, spiritual leaders, nonprofit founders, and everyday individuals who are learning to live in the light despite profound darkness. Thank you for joining me. A to Z tips and tools are yours to integrate on your personal road to healing. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of A to Z Healing Toolbox podcast, where we discuss tips and tools for navigating the grief and trauma experience. Tonight, well, it's nighttime now when we're recording this. I don't know what time it is when you're listening out there. But uh, tonight, I have a fabulous friend, Tori Briantes, who has helped me so much in my healing journey. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about healing tool S in the toolbox, which is sliding into exercise. And Tori, I usually tell listeners how I meet the guests who come on. So I'm going to bust out with that story. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't know. So let's see. Okay, so Brent died in 2012 in the summertime. The previous holiday season, Brent gifted me, I don't know if you remember this story, but Brent gifted me four or five personal training sessions with you. Yes. And that is how I met Tori. I started training Tori. She was my trainer. And then she moved me into this small group training class with probably, there were like six women or so. Yeah. And um, one of them is our good friend, Robin, who many of you know, because I've talked about Robin before as being my peer mentor. Anyway, so I'm working out in this small group and Brent goes missing 
And I met Brett at a gym years ago and the gym was always my safe place. So because everything else was out of control, I went to the gym when he was missing. And this woman, Robin, happened to say in Tori's class, how was your weekend? And I said, oh, oh what am I going to say? My husband's missing? No, I just said, oh, it was okay. How was yours? And she said, it was fine. I took my kids to SeaWorld. And I said, oh, do you have passes, like annual passes to SeaWorld here in San Diego? And she said, no, we have lifetime passes. And I thought, lifetime passes? What? So she said, yeah, we have lifetime passes because my husband died four years ago of pancreatic cancer and he used to work for SeaWorld. Well, two weeks later, I learned that I'm also widowed and I didn't have Robin's phone number, but I had Tori's. So I picked up the phone at some point in that first 24 hours and said to Tori, that woman in our class, Robin, I need her number right now. And then began the journey of squats and lunges and jump ropes and all that types of exercise that Tori had Robin and I and these other four women running through. And I tell you what, Tori, you and that class and those women literally saved me those first few years. So forever grateful. Thank you. Of course. There's um, one part that I wanted maybe you didn't remember because you were pretty much in a blur, which blew me away and which touched me was the fact that you had the gumption to come to class and go through the class without saying anything. This is when Brent first went missing. And it wasn't until you found out that you shared with me what truly had happened and everything. And I was so blown away at your composure um, to have the wherewithal to continue um, exercising. And so I made it a thing for myself, just noted what it was. And I just remember saying to myself, I have to keep her moving because that's what's going to bring her through. And I had never um, experienced working with anybody that had gone through what you had the traumatic shock of losing Brent in the way that in the way that you did. And in my mind, it was just I know that um, exercise is not just movement of body, but is movement of mind as well. And at that I knew. And for me to get with you and to see what you are going through is like in my mind it was like I just she had speaking of you you had so much strength without even knowing it to even just show up and when you called me and told me what is that lady's name and we got and you got Robin's number I was so blown away going wow she's you are already an entity and didn't know it I was blown away by that in itself. So hence what you've done does not surprise me at all um, uh, to this day, what you've done. So it's just, you are just seriously living proof of what my belief was and then what you can influence and what you have inspired and um, everybody that, that knows you at this point. So I, I, again, I have to say that I'm very honored to be, you know, in the book number one, which was so great, 
And then number two, your friendship. And then now, you know, to be able to grow with you, you know, through the years that we've known each other and just treasured every moment and the little antics that we've been through together. So I'm really so pleased to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, it's thank you for that. And thanks for being here. Lots of antics in the last uh, 10, 11 <laughs> years, for sure. That's a whole other podcast, right? On exactly. But you mentioned, so I know who you are and I know what some of your credentials are and I know what your business name is called, but you've mentioned keeping me moving. You mentioned mind and body. So I'm wondering before we get deeper into this talk about exercise for, for everyone, but specifically for people grieving and traumatized, tell everybody what, what, who are you? How did you get started? What do you do with people? You've been in the world of fitness for decades. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, thanks for asking. Uh, my whole fitness journey happened because my mother was diagnosed with lupus when I was, um, actually we found out when I was very young, but didn't have an understanding of it until I was done with high school. And going through that, um, seeing what she was going through and her um, constant search for feeling better. And because at the time that she was diagnosed, there was no cure or they didn't really know what lupus was. At any rate, my mother said that there's a chance that the uh, possibility that I could have it. They didn't know if it was a genetic um, pass down at that time. And there is no cure to this day. So when I finished high school and I said, you know, if, if lupus is going to come to me, then I'm going to give it a very hard time coming through me. And that started my fitness journey. And from then on, I, it's, it's just where I've been. And that started when I was in my 20s. I'm now 63 years old. I've been now, I, I kind of evolved into the fitness industry because I found that it was something that I really loved doing became an instructor first and was sought out as a personal trainer, got certified with that, and then uh, continued going into smaller groups. Um, and you were part of the beginning of the small groups. And then from there, I created my um, own brand, Brilliant Body and Mind. And for me, the um, that pretty much says it all for me because I believe that, as I said before, movement, is not just through the body, it's through the mind first. You know, being the best that you can be starts from the inside to the outside. The outside is pretty much the benefit. So hence, close to 30 years later of working with thousands of people and teaching, I'm now honing in on what, what my niche is, and that is really to um, help people through um, getting well and feeling better and moving better through um, the mind first, which works through the body. And there's so much that happens, like uh, the connection between the two of them. So in that, um, in my own fitness journey, becoming a um, fun little fact here, in my 40s, becoming a world champion um, stick fighter in a Filipino uh, martial art called uh, Escrima. And that was me just a year into just saying I wanted to try something new and discovered Escrima. I um, trained for it for a year and I actually won the Women's Lightweight World Championship in Cebu, Philippines. So it was just to me proof of, okay, I'm doing, I'm on the right track. I love what I'm doing. And at my age, it was like, it, 
it surprised me and then in it actually motivated and inspired me to to go further in the industry and so hence that's where I'm at where I'm at today um now pushing 65 and still going um my goal is to just continue plugging forward and in it, it even deeper because there's so much more to to uh, life number one but uh, you know just our well-being in general but i did you know during that the grief and i shared with you uh the loss of uh my mother when i was uh 36 and i was pregnant with my daughter chloe and i lost my mother um passed away a month before my daughter was born and so the loss of that and I was working out at the time and then I went into preeclampsic and um fell into a coma as they I um uh Chloe was early um she was a preemie and then almost falling into a coma but what brought me through was um my doctor says that that I was physically well physically uh fit during that and so mentally and physically came through that and I was like all right this I knew at that point um even at a loss of someone that is so important you know the devastation of that and then the elation of a new life that I was responsible for I really had to find a balance quickly and um i i it was really just flying by the seat of my pants going i just got to do this and i knew that exercise helped me through it um uh because it it moved me uh my body it just moved my mind and my body and i knew that that was that that was a, there was the connection from there yeah i i mean there's so many things you said i want to branch out onto but the first one is so, you know, exercise was always a part of your life and you use that to get through those difficult times. Exercise had always been a part of my life. Like I said, I met Brent at the gym. Uh, those of you who know me, you know, kayaking and surfing and, and all the outdoor activities, hiking, skiing, all of it we did together. What would you say or what would you recommend for people who are grieving or have had a trauma experience Exercise has not been a thing for them, yet we know that, you know, the medical profession has been prescribing exercise for the endorphins, all the feel-good chemicals, you know, the balance of depression and anxiety, lowering those. How can somebody get into a routine or step into movement or exercise if they just don't like it anyway? And then on top of that, they're grieving or traumatized. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I can speak to this uh, from a personal standpoint, because um, I lost my mother a month before I had Chloe. Um, I had a C-section. I was unable to move. So um, for me, it was I went inside. I started out just by breathing techniques, um, sitting up and uh, getting breath work in. Um, I also went into a little uh, meditation, and, and I started from that point. And and from there, it's like when when we're going through the grieving, it's like um, for me, it was like nothing even tasted good. Not, I didn't even want to hydrate. I I was in. For me, it was like how can the world be going on when I just had this loss? Like everything seemed to stop. And there 
what is the motivation at yes. that point? And so when either you haven't been exercising or going through that, that type of grieving is just go, go inside first, start with within. And that can be just taking the breaths, calming down the heart rate. And, you know, believe it or not, that like hormonal changes can happen just through the breath. You can calm down the breathing and the, the heart rate. Um, you can um, bring in endorphins just by getting that breathing even again. And even through the crying and, and um, just the, the sheer sadness of not why am I here and they are not type of thing. It's it really is go within. I always I always say start from within, um, get some good nutrition, try to get the sleep. Um, and and one one step at a time, the, the main thing is not to to do too many things at once, because, number one, we don't feel like it. But number two, which is like, can I just get a breath? Can there be a point where I feel some type of ease in my body? And that's getting the breath and and getting the mind to relax and come out of it. And you know, if if you've been a meditator or you know um, uh, can go inside prayer, you know, just even um, journaling, things like that, all goes into the beginning of movement. And uh, movement meaning when it starts within, the outside movement becomes a little bit easier to accept and you can motivate a little bit more. But journaling and, and uh, the breath work was really something that um, helped um, a, a lot or, or helped me a lot. I love that you started with go in because in the book, in the A to Z book, chapter S, Tori's in here, as she said, sliding into exercise, but I have uh, some single small steps people can take in relation to if they're thinking about integrating movement or exercise. And I'll read the five, and then maybe we can talk about each one. So the first one is stay in. Like mm. if you can't get out of the house, stay in, right? Do yes. the things Tori's talking about. And also, right, we just went through a pandemic where, and a lot of people were doing things indoors. So can you speak to if someone, just wants to isolate a little bit if they are not in the mood to be with people, but they want to do something movement related, what are some options for them? And, um, you know, again, aside from breathing, I always say the acceptance of where you're at, even inside or within, sometimes there's a relief in through there. Um, sometimes, uh, going, if you have stairs going up and down the stairs and, and, and actually bringing a heart rate up and breathing a little bit harder. And because there's a calming into that as well, sometimes just standing up and stretching, yawning, you know, getting into that stretch, raise your arms above your head and, and, um, uh, just take a deep breath in and then coming out, you know, things standing up, sitting down in the chair again three or four times, kicking your legs out in front of you as you're seated, like you're kicking um, a piece of paper out of the way, things like that. And But a, a huge thing is just raising your arms above the head. Look at the ceiling a little bit. Look up, look down, look, look to your right, look to your left. All of that equals a movement and all of that would get into more of um, almost like a parasympathetic move a uh, state where it can be relaxing you know head rolls shoulder rolls because 
in, in grief and in, in sadness, we become very tense. So if you can do shoulder rolls back, you know, like I said, look up at the ceiling, look down, you know, stand up, sit down, stretch your arms side to side. The simplest things at that point make such a huge difference. It's surprising. Roll your ankles around, point and flex your feet. I mean, all of that makes a, a, it's a huge difference. It's, it's surprising what that does when the body goes, oh yes, I can move and, and let's continue that. There's something that you used to say to me almost every time I worked out with you and you probably don't remember this, but you would say to me, okay, get your shoulders out of your ears. Yes. <laughs> like yes. all of my grief and all of my stress, yes. I, you know, I was breathing high and tight and my shoulders were super high and you were the reminder, okay, you can relax, you know, put your shoulders yep. down, put them back, roll them out. Yeah. It's going to be okay. And it's a huge thing. That's a huge movement. Shoulder rolls back because it corrects what the body wants naturally. You know, you can put your shoulders up, back and down. Uh, you know, and I, I love how you're speaking to just these small steps because sometimes people think, okay, exercise. I need that. Does that mean I need to go run a marathon? Oh, does that mean I need to join a gym? Oh, does that mean I need to sign up for one of those? Like years ago, I ran a marathon with team and training, the Leukemia yes. Society fundraiser, where you, you know, you raise thousands of dollars and then off you go to, I went to Alaska to run a marathon. You know, we think extremes where you're talking about shoulder rolls and exactly. rolls and just starting with something small. Just breathing, raise your, raise your arms above your head and stretch, you know, reach for the ceiling, look at the ceiling. You know, all of that is movement and it all equals something, you know, it's all cumulative and, and just standing up and sitting down from the chair. That's basically a squat. If you break that down, that's like doing a squat. Get up against the wall and lean in and then push back. That's basically a push-up. Right. You know. Now, if somebody needs motivation, because Robin is, she always says, oh, I need somebody to motivate me, right? Whereas I like to just go out and hike a mountain by myself. She's like, I, I want to do it with people. So if somebody needs motivation, let's talk about if they need motivation and they want to be inside, how are there videos? Like, what are some things you suggest for people yeah, that want to and do that inside? There are. There are so many things on, on YouTube right now that, that become available. But you can Google things as well um, as far as, like, um, self-motivating. Sometimes quotes help motivate people. Um, sometimes watching something... Um, documentaries of outdoors can motivate Mo motivation has to it does have to come from within but you have to seek it as well motivation gets things started but it won't keep you going you know sometimes a phone call from someone is like oh i went outside for you know i saw the sunshine and sometimes that's enough to motivate people to just i need to get out a little bit more and that's an, another thing that i I um, try to stress is, is the importance of um, seeing light and um, getting in the sunshine and getting vitamin D. Um, all of that is all part of uh, a healing process as well. But it, um, 
motivation, self-motivation gets hard, which is why sometimes like as Robin says, she needs someone to do that. Self-motivation is hard to get to when we're in, when we're in a grieving state. Sometimes it's just looking out of the window and saying, you know what? I, I really love the way that flower looks. I, I, when I say go within, it's like, take the time to look at details of things, look at the flowers, look at the sunshine, look at, look at your surroundings a little bit more. And sometimes that will trigger a motivation to go, but self-motivation is one of the hardest. So outside sources seek something more, um, um, than, than what's, you know, it, I, uh, it, you start, it starts from within, but you've got to be able to tell yourself and accept I'm okay too. And when we can accept the situation that we're in, sometimes that's a relief and that can be a motivator in itself. Like, I'm okay to be like this. I want to be alone and that's okay. And it's okay for me to be in my sadness, but I know I'll, I'll come out of this as well. And then thoughts start to race and then motivation for life and, and the uh the want to go on and carry on for what we've lost in the name of who we lost and why we lost and um that is for me that's what self motivated me i had my daughter to do that but it was more my thought of when i lost my mom I was like you know my mom wasn't the type to just sit around either she went through the lupus tried to be the best that she can but she wasn't that one that's that's not how i want to remember my mother and that's not how I'm going to let people think that I am as well. So self-motivation comes in different ways for everybody, yeah. but it's seek, seek it out really. Right. Well, interesting. You're focusing on out and outside. So the first step in the chapter of sliding into exercises, stay in, we talked about that second one, yep. go out, right? Go out, you can go out, look at the flowers, go for a walk, go for a walking meditation. It doesn't have to be go, go sign up to run a marathon, right? Just get out, get some vitamin D. Third thing, find a partner, pick a partner, yes. a, a buddy, right? Who can you go with? Who can help motivate yes. you, right? Do you have experience yes. with that or people that you've trained that have kind of become workout buddies? Exactly. Exactly. And it brings an um it brings back a normalcy as well when you can find someone to help you through that. Um, it also gives the ability for you to be able to talk about things and um explain things and get your feelings out. But just the normalcy of being with someone that that can relate to where you are, it it it's such a huge thing for uh reconnection right away as soon as you can family or friends sometimes animals dogs you know you start getting back into caring for others which really helps you care for yourself again and really bring back uh to the forefront that you matter and that now you want to make things um happen for yourself because it's it's all about like when we go within coming outside, accepting what's outside. Sometimes outside can be just getting out of bed. Sometimes it could be just getting out of the bedroom and going into the living room and sitting down and just realizing that, wow, this is, I am so grateful for what I have right now. And I accept that that's what, that's where I am right now. But being with someone or being in another group, which is, which was great about, and you can talk on this, Susan, is like 
being in a group of women that still had no idea what you were going through, but it was just going through those motions with them that kind of brought you back to a normalcy. And then the, the motivation to move just was there. You could have been totally numb to it, but you were still moving. And there's, again, that normalcy, just bring that back. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that group that we had at the gym really impacted me. And I write about this in chapter S too. It's like, okay, so here's the trainer. That would be Tori, right? I knew your experience with your mom, losing her when you were pregnant with your daughter. And here you are motivating us. Then here was Robin, right? Yep. Widowed with two kids four years before me. Okay, she's moving. Okay, then there was another woman. I think her name was Natalie. I can't remember exactly. Naomi. Yes. Naomi. Okay, yes. And she had two adult children who died Sons. at separate times. Yes. And here she was at the gym moving. And I thought, okay, I feel like hell. This experience is surreal and beyond anything I can even comprehend. I can't wrap my brain around it. Here I am with a five-year-old with grief and trauma. How am I going to do this? But being with others, yes. showing up and knowing, okay, maybe this is my individual experience, but that woman there, her mom died when she was pregnant. That woman there, her husband died four years ago. She has two young kids. That woman there, her, both of her adult children have died. Okay, these people are moving. And so that was motivation for me yes. to just show up and be with people who had been through something tragic. And, exactly. You know, I don't know if I believe in that, the adage, misery loves company, but I'm telling you that group saved me for so long because I knew I, that was a safe space. Nobody talked Right. I mean, if I wanted to talk about it, I could, but it was more about focusing on the movement, focusing on staying healthy, focusing on doing the next exercise, which helped really get me through the day and then the next yeah. day and then the next day. Right. And, and that's, that's sometimes that's all it is. It's like day to day, hour to hour. Sometimes it's just like, this is what I accomplished in this hour. And, and 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 it's not so much that um, uh, misery loves company. It's just like the commonality of that type of losses can be bonding, because there that we all we have all been through that loss, and so we understand and we can relate to each other in that way, and that that motivates that motivates all of us in 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 that in that time, and I always believe that that everything happens for a reason, and people are brought together and um, taken, taken away or brought together for reasons. And that was just all of our season to be, to be together. And that's what made that group really special. But we all sought it out. None of us knew that we were all going to be in that group together, that we sought it out and we came together. And there's, there's reasons for that as well. But it's always keeping that seeking mind. And the seeking mind always, always will bring you back to life, into life and through life. So it, it's, it's um, again, that mindful movement. Speaking of mind, I mean, you, you're a trainer, you're a fitness professional, but so much of what you talk to people about is the mind, right? Yes. Moving the mind, moving the body. And so I'm wondering if you can tell people what the name of your company is. 
because I love it. It, it kind of encapsulates <laughs> all of what we're talking about right here. Yeah. That my company name is a uh, brilliant body and mind and the brilliancy um, obviously is part of my last name, but I brought that together because brilliant in Spanish is another uh, word for a diamond, something that shines. And a diamond, the only way that it shines, it's a rock. The only way that it's shined is compounded together and it becomes very valuable. And so the growth from brilliant body and mind is really encompassing both body and mind and coming together to make everything shine. So there's so many different plays I have on brilliant body and mind. But I, the, the motivator, uh, the main thing of it is you have to be inside to get to the outside and everything else will shine together. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, and that's part of why you, you incorporate journaling as yes. part of your program, right? It's not just about, okay, let's do a hundred squats. Let's do a hundred push-ups. Let's do, you know, mountain climbers or whatever it is, right? You've got journaling as part of yes. your program. What's that about? Part, um, that is everything um, to me because there's, it brings out the, the why you are there. And the type of journaling that I motivate or inspire people to do is it's, um, it's not something that you do every day. It's something, a task that you do in order to change maybe a behavioral or some habits. And I always, um, one of my favorite drills that I do for the journaling is picking a word that resonates with you. And then we work around that word. Um, and, and it's really getting you to get inside yourself and journaling scientifically has been proven. I'll just say when you hold the pen and you have the paper and you are actively writing a word, the connection for that again is going inside to the outside and it's something that the brain remembers so i always give people or i ask people like what is your what is the word that resonates with you what is a word that of intention for you what is a word that you wanted that can um help you change things or you want to improve in or you want to stop doing and um there are wonderful words that that um people have come up with but i'll just i'll give you my word for this this year was purpose and from there, I ask in my in the journaling um, purpose, write down the things why why you picked what what is it about that word why you picked it? Write five things, and then write five things you want to um, change with that word. So again, it's just journaling has to do with a, a, a connection of the mind and the body. Writing it down, holding the paper, feeling the um. um holding the pen, feeling your hand, again, moving that pencil and writing on the paper. And then the eyes visually seeing the word changes how the brain is going to take that and, and how it understands. So it, it embeds in you. And all I'm trying to do is make you understand why you have that word. So I then incorporate those words into why are you moving? Uh, what is this... Um, how can you incorporate this in even just your exercises? How can you incorporate this in your prayer? How can you in incorporate this in your meditation? How can you incorporate this just in every day? 
And there's different things that I do with the journaling, like weekly. It's not something that you do every day. But I found that when I did this journaling with my groups, the most impactful thing was speaking of getting together with people. It's like, because I had them do it as a group, we would share our words together. And we found that everyone in the group had intertwined in some way with each word. So it, again, it, it tells you we're all connected. We're all the same. We just have to reveal that. But it's also getting so personal with yourself. Sometimes it's a little bit scary. And then when you can reveal that, the bonding of being with someone else or being with other people brings you out and maybe elevates you into a, a realm that you're like, I never thought of it like that. So the word changes for you. And so journaling became a, a huge thing in what I do with uh, my groups. And I love working with my exercise groups. I can make any group sweat in five minutes, but to have them get deeper and understand why they're sweating, like it, it's, it changes completely when you know your why. And that when you know your why, everything becomes easier to, it kind of falls into place. And so that in, in um, like we, we touched upon, is like going outside and being with people and the commonality of things. Like I said, the, the intertwining and the different learnings that we have just by people, even strangers, it's amazing what happens when we have that type of a connection by surprise. And that's really my journaling. It's different. It's not the, it's not the normal thing. It's just like, it, it, you know, <laughs> Tori, you are not the normal thing. I will just say that. And that's why I love you because you're not, you know, people think, oh, fitness trainer and have an image in their head. You are so much more than that. I mean, you're, you're wise, oh. spiritual, you incorporate movement, body, mind. I mean, all of it together, which is why, one reason why I love you. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you're not you. one stop shopping. I mean, you're just so wise and deep and you really make people, especially people who are grieving and or traumatized, feel like you get it. You can hold the space. And I so appreciate that. Thank um, you. So before we end, if someone is listening to this podcast and they want to get a hold of you, they want to get in touch with you, they want to work with you, do you do in-person only? Do you do virtual only? How can people find you? Because I'm telling you, if you're grieving uh, the loss of anyone, Tori is the woman you want in your corner. So can you tell everybody how they can track you down? Yes. Um, the easiest is any social media. If you go on to Facebook, I have my business page, which is Brilliant Body and Mind. And then my personal page, which you can just look up Tori Brilliantes. And that's on Facebook. And you can um, message me and through there. I do... Um, I do work with people one-on-one um, -on -one in groups, but I also do Zoom um, because I do have other people that I work with that are out of town as well. And this is in fitness, and this could be in the journaling um, as well. I am on Instagram as well, same names, Brilliant Body and Mind and Tori Brilliantes. And I am on TikTok just for fun. But um, business-wise, uh, Brilliant Body and Mind, on Instagram, Tori Brilliantes, personal on Facebook, Brilliant Body and Mind, and um, Facebook, Tori Brilliantes. That's the best way and easy, the quickest way actually to get a hold of me. Uh, 
So good. And if all else fails, people can reach out to me to, to track you down. Absolutely. But, um, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wiseness with this community. <laughs> and um, I appreciate you so much for all the ways you helped me heal over these last almost 11 years. So thank you. Much gratitude. Crazy. Thank you. You've taught me as well. I appreciate you too. Oh, thank you. And I will see you at the gym. Yes, definitely. <laughs> A to Z Healing Toolbox offers professional trainings, live and virtual workshops, podcast interviews, healing guidebooks, speaking engagements at conferences nationwide, small group virtual support, and solo sessions individually tailored to meet your unique needs. Books can be found on the A to Z Healing Toolbox website on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and your local bookstore. If you would like to connect with Susan and join a small group for virtual support or schedule a solo session, please contact Susan at a2zhealingtoolbox.com. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.